episode 167 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How you doing, man? Sir, it is uh, 9 o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, after a very busy weekend, physically busy, uh, a, a fantastic Mother's Day. Uh, not as good as it could have been had we been able to physically be with uh, with my mother. Uh, that's just not something we wanted to do right now. Uh, but I am sitting here at 9 o'clock sipping a... A Mother's Brewing Company, yes, uh, very, fitting, uh, very fitting. Uh, they renamed this, this was originally called MILF, and they renamed it to Mater Familias, which just feels a little more appropriate. No mom wants to be a MILF, uh, I guess, I don't know, white trash, whatever. <laughs> um, all I know is this, this is my favorite beer, this is, this is a meal in a glass, and it, it tastes like, uh, a weekend well done. It's, it's a stout, isn't it? Mm. Okay. That's a that's an understatement. This guy like ate flair. The the best beer I ever had before this was a. Uh, if, if for those from Oklahoma who have had Prairie, and have had the Christmas Bomb, oh, okay. um, it rotates back and forth. But when they do it right, it is like there's like multiple layers of flavors. Um, it is if it, it feels like the. Um, Everlasting gobstopper from Willy Wonka. You're like, ah, oh, it's the appetizer. Oh, it's the main course. And for dessert, like that's gotcha. okay. a meal in a glass. And and Modern Familias gives you uh, gives you all of that, all of that. Gotcha. See, on the, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm just it, you know nine o'clock on a Sunday. I'm, I've had a very relaxing weekend. It's, it's been really nice just to kind of sit back and chill for a little bit. About to hit it hard. My uh, my second job. Uh, I'm getting hours back there after we we shut down for a couple of a couple of months due to the coronavirus. So we're now back at open in a limited capacity. So I'm able to make a little bit more money because you know kids are expensive and got that to look forward to but i'm mm-hmm, i'm drinking mm-hmm. the uh, iron monk mid-south ipa it was oh. uh sponsored with a it was to do with the uh, like the it was called the land run 100 for a little while so it's like a bike race that's 100 miles around Payne county so mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. uh debuted that weekend but they still have some extra lying around it's a really really good kind of uh mashup between kind of an east and west coast ipa so it's really got that citrus a little bit of the pine and the kind of the some of those notes it's good stuff very nice when i when i'm finished with my uh, modern familias seriously you can't get it uh, i i don't know if you can get it in oklahoma but if you can find brother mothers it's based out of springfield um, so i can get it here in arkansas i've never had anything from them that i didn't love um modern familias is fantastic um they they've got a few other ones i would suggest you also look at after that i'm going to be washing that down with a an ozark lager from the ozark beer company uh which is just a nice crisp uh german style lager just you know just to cleanse the palate before bed it's like brushing my teeth with beer that's how i feel about it so uh, that's that's uh, I, I completely follow that line of logic like i don't do beer and cereal i see people do that and i just want to slap them oh. um because like that's that physically like that, insults that my like a little bit yeah my stomach so so yeah that's how that's gonna go um so yeah we have a, a fantastic interview today um I'd say long overdue. It feels feels appropriate. Yes, uh, I would say so. Uh, we had uh, the graphic designer for Oklahoma State football. You've you've definitely seen his work if you follow the Oklahoma State football Twitter page. Uh, Peyton Alfil, uh, he does some incredible work. Philip was able to sit down with him uh, and talk about his job and what he does and kind of how it works into recruiting and some other areas. Uh, we actually recorded an interview with him probably a little over a month ago. And That's about right. 
Yeah, but it, unfortunately, due to some technical issues on my end uh, with my the way that it recorded on my computer, the file just didn't quite work. So unfortunately, we had to scrap it. Thankfully, Peyton was generous enough with his time to talk to Philip for a little while. I wasn't a part of this one, but it's it's really good stuff. You guys are really going to enjoy it. No, he's he's awesome. He's good. Uh, before we get to him, <clears throat> something I think uh, a topic I think is fairly close to your heart as oh, a yes. big uh, baseball fan, but it's something that um, it also aligns with my weird i want to say like sports kink but i have a weird thing about scheduling news i can't get enough of it it makes no sense whatsoever it doesn't matter um and i don't care as much about football because everything's like 10 years away so it's nice but like eh, but like schedule release days men's basketball schedule release every year is like a christmas morning for me i cannot wait to like dive into like open it up pour myself into it for the whole day and just dig and dig and dig and figure out how much fun it's going to be. Um, so you can imagine uh, why every time some new uh, announcement about an Oklahoma State basketball game, like uh, home and home with ORU or the game against Louisville that's on the schedule or Virginia Tech coming to Oklahoma City, like I'm just like... <laughs> you're, you're the one that gets giggity. to write it and no one else does. No one touches uh, it. Yes, we finally, everyone's finally come to the realization like, go away, leave it alone, Philip will do it. Um, but this is about baseball scheduling. So, uh, Kendall Rogers of, uh, D one baseball, uh, sources have said, uh, tweeting out a lot recently about the, the fact that uh, there's been some discussions, uh, with some coaches and administrators and conferences about potentially trimming the 2021 season down to 48 games, uh, sticking with the regional non-conference scheduling approach and, and a few other things. Um, so for the big 12, that would include, which did you play? Uh, 24 conference games based off of uh, the number of teams. Nine teams play other game, eight teams, three times each, yada, 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 yada. Now, obviously, OU, OU has an extra, OSU has an extra game against OU each year. Um, so that's a four-game, kind of a four-game series, even one, one of them is a non-conference game. So that would leave uh, 23 other non-conference games to film. And so the discussion you and I have had, and I kind of threw it in the Slack chat because I love talking schedule, and everyone's like, Philip, shut up. There's other things to talk about. And I'm like, nah, no, there's not. It's... Man, there's a little bit of sports on. Um, if from a regional standpoint, so think of regional as Big Twelve kind of area. Uh, I, I would I wouldn't look further east than like Memphis, Tennessee. I wouldn't look further north than Nebraska, and I'm not sure I would look further west than like Colorado. Feels about right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that sounds about right. Okay. Probably within eight hours. I think so. I mean, I think with Power 5 teams, you can get a little bit more wiggle room. But if you're going to do the other ones, and with baseball, really good teams are not necessarily Power 5 teams. Yes, um, sure. That fits. So I, so the conversation between you and me was, what teams would you want to see regionally if, if OSU was going to lean towards a more regional schedule? Obviously, we would we want that Oregon State home series rescheduled. That feels like maybe they could do it this year. It feels like it probably stayed it till 2022, uh, Grand Canyon. But if there are teams within the region – who would be like your top three teams you would want to have on the schedule? Joel? Uh, and I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah. So for sure, Arkansas, uh, that mm-hmm. one feels very obvious. Um, I was at the fall ball series that they did. They did like a Saturday where they played like 14 innings or something like that of like an inner squad scrimmage in a way where they just kind of, they just kind of play ball and it was fun. And Arkansas had enough fans there to call the hogs with a significant noise level for a mm-hmm. game in, you know, October. So that was really cool, and Oklahoma State did a regional with them, I believe it was in 2014. Arkansas ended up winning it, I believe, in Stillwater. 
Yes, because after that year, um, they were like, oh, we've we've come to a scheduling agreement. We should do this more often. And they did like one midweek game in Stillwater and one midweek game in Fayetteville, and that was it. It was like, what? Yeah. But okay. I, I think Arkansas is one of the consistently one of the best programs in the country. Really came in out of way uh, a botched fly ball from winning a national championship a couple of oh, years ago. Oh, I watched ago. that. It was painful. Yes, they, they painful came, came that close to winning a national championship. Um, they have guys that consistently go to the major leagues every single year, top prospects that end up in that first or second round making a lot of money. So they are mm-hmm. a really good SEC program uh, that gets to Omaha every year. Great non conference competition. Secondly, Texas A and M. We saw them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Frisco, before everything kind of hit the fan, uh, that's another solid program out of the SEC. Not, maybe, I, it's kind of that tier below, I'd say, Vanderbilt, Florida, LSU, like kind of where Arkansas is. Like it's in that same spot where they're a really solid program that is consistently competing for regionals and supers every single year. That would be another great one that kind of renews a little bit of a Big 12 you know, rivalry there. Uh, their ballpark is one consistently, it's one of the best in the country, I would say, uh, for, for a college team. And then third, I, I kind of go back and forth, but I mean, I would love, I think a weekend series against ORU would be really good. I'd probably throw Dallas Baptist in there, Wichita State. There are about three teams that are in that kind of mid-major level that I think would get a good crowd and would be really good competition for Oklahoma State. So yeah, Arkansas is number one on both of our list. Um, and I'm, two thoughts of, two trains of thought here. One, a home-and-home home series of that would be awesome. Um, uh, we're going to get O'Brate. O'Brate's going to be packed, just uh, in theory, based off of whatever fandom you're allowed to have at a sporting event come springtime, right, uh, of, of 2021. But if you can get Arkansas on the schedule, O'Brate's already going to be exciting um, to have a team like Arkansas that's as good as Arkansas is, that brings fa- that fans are excited about their program as it is, and, and as excited as Oklahoma State fans are. To have Arkansas in O'Brate um, next season would be huge. But I would also be fine if they went on the road to uh, to Bomb Stadium because I would love an excuse to go to Bomb Stadium and go I'd, watch I'd some be, baseball. I would so be there I, I agree. Joining you for sure. Yeah, no, we would we would both be there live podcasting from uh, the stadium, sitting outside in the back of a of a car just because uh, that's that's what we do. Um, so I agree. And I would love to have them at home, but I'll take a road there. Um, I, I agree with A&M, but I want to I not just do the same three here. So um, you touched on them. Oklahoma State has had games with Dallas Baptist plenty. They play a lot of – they often play midweek games with DBU. They'll play a game there on a Wednesday, and they'll, they'll come back. DBU will come back to Stillwater. Um, I would love a three a weekend series with DBU. Dallas Baptist is a very, very solid program. A few years ago, they actually had a good enough season to host a regional um, – this is a solid mid-major program. They're a very good baseball squad. That's a challenging team. And it's the kind of thing with, with the stadium that Oklahoma State has now, you want to get some – and as challenging as Holiday likes to make the schedule, and he does. Look, they, they have some some cakewalk games. They, they pack those. Don't, don't worry. Um, but they don't hesitate to challenge themselves, especially early in the season. Uh, I think it's why I always start out so often like, eight and five or like seven and, and three, like because they want to challenge themselves early to set prepare themselves for the very challenging big 12 slate. So I think a weekend series as opposed to some midweek stuff at Dallas Baptist would be good. I like the ORU thought. It feels like this is one of those years where they're going to do four games with them, where they're going to do four midweek games with ORU two in Stillwater and two in Tulsa. That just makes the most sense. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to throw something at you a little outside of the box. Obviously, the, the Oklahoma State was in the Frisco Classic last year. Um, in theory, some of these 
neutral site um, competitions are still going to go on. Um, there's the Frisco Classic. Uh, Stephen F. Austin throws one on. I believe that Oklahoma State was actually at that one um, in Arlington. Or is it UTA? They did one with UTA and Stephen F. Austin and somebody else uh, a couple of years ago because I was in Dallas and went to the went to one of those. It was a, it was a little bit of fun. Um, there's another one in I forget, um, but there's a, there's a couple of those into the state of Texas. But there's already they're already packed. Their schedules are already set. They're already filled. Um, I would love for Oklahoma State to find a way to host something in Oklahoma City or in Tulsa, which I think would be even better, and host a similar to the Frisco. Uh, a four-team, um, three-day, everybody plays everybody kind of event, either in in Tulsa in downtown or in downtown Oklahoma City at the ballpark there. And I would like for this tournament to include the following teams. Um, since we're sticking regionally, I would like Nebraska. Nebraska's not great baseball program, but they're a solid baseball program. And I believe they were having a pretty solid season uh, this year or had in the past. I would love to have a nice Big 12 or Big 10 team in Nebraska come down to this this little invitational tournament that we're having. Again, remember, I love scheduling, so I get real weird on this stuff, so just bear with me. Um, so I want Nebraska to, to be on the schedule for Oklahoma State. Um, if they can't get a weekend series with the A&M, which can be understanding, everyone's trying to figure things out. Regionally, there's a, there's a limited supply. I would love for to have A&M at this event as well so they get a nice game against Texas A&M, a nice game against Nebraska. And, and just to, to round things, things out i want another team from the state of texas and i know the program isn't as good as they once were but it's still a respectable program i'd like rice to come up and be participating in this for those who don't know rice has a history of being a really good baseball team a really good mid and not just mid-major i mean it's a really solid baseball program and especially at a mid-major level like this is the I don't know if Gonzaga is the right level if you want to do college basketball or Boise State in football, but that's the kind of area that they fall in as as as, as level of respectability goes in college baseball. So having a, a Texas A&M, Rice, Nebraska, Oklahoma State weekend uh, in Oklahoma City or Tulsa, I lean Tulsa because I think there's more Oklahoma State fans in Tulsa, and I think the Bricktown Ballpark uh, or no, sorry, the uh, the Driller Stadium there in downtown Tulsa is 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 a really nice stadium. Really fun. I I think that that would do well. I think it would behoove Oklahoma State. I know that uh, that Holiday loves to go out out of town and loves to go to Arizona. I just don't think that's in the cards this year. That's that's what I would I would love to see happen. No, I think I, Rice. You, once you throw that out there, I went and actually looked, and they have had a lot of guys get to the major leagues. Out of that, most notably Anthony Rendon recently, uh, you know, just signed a two hundred seventy million dollar contract after winning the World Series this uh, this past season. So. They have some. They have enough clout that I think that's a really sneaky good pick. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about them, but I, I like that a lot. Um, I wanted. I want to throw a ringer. I want to throw something different in there. You know, sure. it's, it's, no, I, especially I like regionally. That. Like, there's no. There's only so many Power Five teams. I want Arkansas to be a weekend series. Like, we could go and say LSU at a Louisiana. Um, but I was. I just look at it and go. It's easy for two teams out of the state of Texas to come up, um, and then Nebraska's probably about the furthest away. I would think a team would want to go so if i could get nebraska a&m the two power fives and and rice who's very respectable that from a college baseball standpoint nice that's a nice weekend of college baseball for sure and i I think nebraska would be incredibly interesting considering how oklahoma state knocked them out of the regional a couple years Mm -hmm. ago um Mm -hmm. you know that and that's a team led by darren urstad who played in the big leagues for a long time i watched him growing we all remember that home run yeah so trevor Uh... hit a home run thing that stopped it from falling into orbit was it hitting the Chickasaw Bricktown ballpark sign at about <laughs> 110 miles an hour off the bat so 
uh, that would be really interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of guys probably aren't on that team uh, that played in that game, but I think it would be really interesting because you know that they would have a bad taste in their mouth from that still. You know they do. That highlight would get played and talked about over and over and over again. So I think that would be incredibly interesting to see that matchup. Yeah, that'd be fun. Heck, if you want to do a weekend series with Nebraska, make it happen. I just think, like, if you like those neutral site things and Oklahoma State likes to play in them, I don't think, it's not that OSU is hurting for money, but you're you're trying to find ways to cut costs. I don't think going out to California and Arizona is really in the cards this year like they like to do. So figure out how to get creative. Somebody would probably be willing to host something like that if Oklahoma State approached them. Like, just, just get creative. Like, do something, do something fun. I know you're not as big of a baseball guy as I am. Uh, obviously, no. you follow Oklahoma State baseball, but outside of that, not necessarily. I don't care about MLB. College baseball, and I will say this, I'm really – it's not even that time of year yet, but I, I'm I'm going to miss regionals. It's not March Madness, but it's the same kind of like I can put on a bunch of fun regional games against teams that are good, that are smaller, and there's upsets all the time in regionals, especially on those early games. And I can just put up on TV and have them on while I'm doing something. And I, I miss – I'm going to miss that. It's it's a fun sports has lasted all the way into late May kind of thing that I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. Regionals are always a fun time. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just a, a nerd for baseball in general, and I'm you know I'm ready for spring training part two to start back up here in a few weeks, hopefully. <laughs> I know Major League Baseball has got their proposal coming up here on Tuesday, I believe. So that that's kind of when we'll get a better picture of when we'll get baseball back, which I think even if you're not a baseball fan, if that's one of the first major sports back, people will be watching that. So that at least is, is good for the game, if nothing else. But I am I'm curious about what you think. So they talk about condensing schedule down to 48 games. How do you feel about mm-hmm. that aspect of it? I mean, you... I'm fine with it. Like, there's too many small schools that there's no way, even if you are doing regionally, and even if you're doing scheduling alliances, whether they're small conferences, like, that's way too hard. It's super expensive. Um, The misconception about the Olympic sports is that they cost you a lot of money. They do cost money. Baseball had – how many people are on a collegiate baseball roster, Joel? Oh, 35, I believe, is the max. Okay, so 35. Do you know how many scholarships are allowed in college baseball, Joel? 11.7. So if you're doing the math at home, that means that that's not everybody. So for those other, let's say those 11.7 go to only 11.7 people. They don't, they get split up across different people. The point is, of those 35, outside of that 11.7, or every dollar that's not being spent as far as scholarship for a person, is being paid in tuition. That means the university is getting tuition, full tuition, from those other individuals. So there's something to remember there when people say the Olympic sports cost money. They do, but they also don't cost as much as you think they do. Because though there's money being paid into the university, just not necessarily straight into the athletic department. Make, that make sense? Okay, glad we're on the same page. So the point of this is there is going to be a need, especially with a number of guys staying behind because of the allowing spring athletes to basically have a bonus year, there's going to be some cost-cutting measures just to make up for some of this stuff. Um, I think that scheduling regionally makes sense because it change, it, it, it helps you on travel cost, and travel cost is expensive. Traveling to Arizona, traveling to to California, traveling because Holiday loves to go west, loves to go – like if you look at the schedule, it's always like west or Texas. Because it guarantees um, good weather, at least for a few games. Yes. 
and I and I he may try and sneak one of those in, um, maybe one weekend series on the road because he loves going out there. But it feels like they're going to be smart again. Like I said, I think they have four games against ORU this year. I think four of their midweek, their non-conference midweek games are against ORU because it's easy, it's a solid opponent, and and it's beneficial. You know, so I. I think they're going to look for cost-cutting measures. I, I They don't schedule Arkansas enough. Arkansas is really good. It annoys me. Just do it. I don't understand why Oklahoma State doesn't schedule more things with Arkansas, period. Um, whatever. Fine with 48. Because you also have to think of it from the standpoint of the smaller universities who are good, don't they, they, they need that. They need the ability to have a smaller schedule to deal with the amount of co- the, the financial issues that they're dealing with. Just period. So I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter. It's a one-year thing. It's not a permanent thing. It's a one-year thing. That's my thing with everything. Like, look, I hate that idea. For one year, you can't deal with it from one year just to guarantee we have the sport. Fine. Whatever. Make it happen. You know? Just just make sure we have something to watch. Make sure we have a sport to cheer for. Yeah. From that perspective, like, I I totally understand. And if it's just a one-year thing, you know— even, you know, baseball purists like myself, we can suck it up. What is going to be weird, and I'll talk about this just from a scouting and evaluation perspective, 48 games is not a very big sample size. And from an evaluation perspective, that can make guys that are, you know, for that are going to get drafted next year, um, it can make people think, like, okay, it, it's just a small sample. It's, it may, it's a smaller sample size of evaluation. It's about 20 less games, which is roughly, you know, that – that's about 80-ish at-bats, maybe another 50-ish innings that you're losing that can maybe give you a better picture of evaluation. So that, from that perspective, it's going to be interesting how things work out next year. But if it's just a one-year thing, then I think we, you, know, you, take your, you, know, you take it with a grain of salt and you move on. But from that perspective, it is going to be a little weird. That's all I'm going to say about it. No, I agree. It, it, will, it will be awkward. It won't be, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect solution in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it's a temporary solution. And and one that I'm fine with, like okay, yeah, like one year, I'll, I'll move on now. If they, if they keep doing that in the future, eh, more baseball the better, just because it'll even things out. I know. No, people, I, I think I think teams same. will want more games. Yeah. I think uh, for numerous reasons, um, because you know, look at look at OSU. Yeah. They do tend to start slow. You want those extra games to get you ready for comfortable. I I I think it'll go back to normal, but I think for one year, we just for the idea that what's going on is going to be over in August. Folks, we're going to be feeling this into 2022. So deal with it. Let's take what we can get with a lot of things and and just do our best to, to make the best of it. Right, yeah. I mean, and for those people that say, oh, baseball season's too long, it's because you need a big sample size to even things out, folks. Major League Baseball is too long. Nope. No one cares. Nope. Shut no, up. No one cares. Shut up, No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Uh, okay, so let's get to our interview. Uh just for those, as we intro Peyton, um, if you have, do follow the Oklahoma State uh, Twitter account, you saw the nice uh, Tiger King reference, the Oklahoma A&M kind of tiger helmet collar looking throwback uniform that was – people had a, a lot of reactions to. Some loved the idea. I am one who thought one time – that's it would be a super cool throwback homage to before the Cowboys were the Cowboys back when right. Oklahoma A&M was the Tigers. But I also understand people are like, it's the Bengals or oh, the Bengals suck. Like, oh, oh, that doesn't mean shit, but whatever. Or, oh, I hate it. Like, okay, that's fine. I understand if you don't like it. I just think it's cool. So just, just for a little behind the scenes fun. Um, so that 
graphic, that uniform, uh, Peyton originally designed as an April Fool's gag. Uh, the gag was going to be that that uniform was – the graphic would come out saying that it was going to premiere for Bedlam of this year on April Fool's Day morning. And uh, and then it would be an April Fool's. And apparently uh, the administration was, uh, was, was not a fan of that idea, uh, so it did not roll. Um, for the opposite reason, most people seem to be for them. They were afraid people would hate them so much that it would be a terrible thing. I am still of the, yeah, let's do it once. Like just, why not? Do you know how cool they would look just one time and how much people would be talking about them? And that matters. Olds, like the youngs talking about things helps your football program, whether you like it or not. So fun yeah, little well, intro well, before we get matters in recruiting doesn't care. People don't care what olds think. Truly. And folks, I'm getting on the verge of olds and I'm still have to remind myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand what 18 year olds like anymore. I'm that old now. Um, but if it makes an eight, it makes a five star or four star or some kid like us who didn't wrap them in, in purple cellophane and get them out there. I don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, this, this is a great interview. Hope you folks like it. Uh, so we'll get right into our interview with Peyton Alfil real quick before we get right into that. We'll be right back after we're from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right, very excited to be joined today by Peyton Offal, uh, which is just the, like, I don't know if the best, worst last name to have to deal with. I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, graphic designer joining us today, works with the football program. And Peyton, uh, we had you on before here a few weeks back, and the audio, whatever, technology is, you know, not perfect. Uh, so, But I wanted the opportunity to get you back on because I thought we had a really nice conversation last time. There's some fun things I'd like to, to readdress with you. So I guess welcome welcome back to the show. Oh, absolutely. You know, any, anytime you guys uh, want to have me, I'm, I'm excited. I'll, I'll, I'll like just, uh, uh, you know, shoot, shooting the BS with you guys. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. So for those who don't know, you are, the, I guess you could say you are the man behind some of the absolutely amazing uh football graphics recruiting graphics and and stuff you see across social media for oklahoma state right yeah yeah i mean uh i guess in in some ways i kind of serve as the lead but there's certainly a, a great team assembled here uh, in stillwater and it's been it's just been a great meeting place for uh creatives but uh olivia ramirez does a fantastic job uh, abby forster uh, has been a creative intern for us for almost a year now kind of working on a year um and she's just done fantastic and, and she's uh growing exponentially it's been impressive what where, where she's come from just in the last couple months so uh and you know the head man putting it all together chris deal uh does a fantastic job uh scouting out talent and we got heath doing videos i mean so it's a good team i, I take a a little a, a very small piece of credit in the the as a cog in the machine but uh yeah yeah for sure it's it's, it's a fun time so Peyton, you're not actually originally from stillwater you're not an oklahoma state grad but here you are 
rocking OSU gear as we as we chat here on our, our Zoom meeting. Uh, just kind of tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm originally from Texas. I, I grew up in, in Lubbock and uh, third generation legacy at Texas Tech. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> it's It's been fun. It's, that's been fun because uh, anytime we go to like a, uh, you know, we go to Palomino's or Mexico Joe's or something, uh, you know, all the guys give me a hard time. Don't throw the tortillas. Don't throw the tortillas. So, uh, they, <laughs> uh, so it's just been fun. Uh, I, uh, so I, I came from Lava, came from Texas Tech. I actually went to uh, Canadian Texas, which is a, uh, a small, small town up in the northern Panhandle. It's literally just like west from Stillwater, uh, directly west up in the top of the Panhandle. And, uh, you know, up, up there I was the uh, sports editor for the local newspaper, uh, Canadian Wildcats, tremendous. Uh, program up there got to cover some uh, state championships you know really blessed I was only there four years but uh, ended up covering uh, four state championship games across football boys and girls basketball you know went down to Austin for the state track meet went down to College Station for the state uh, tennis meet I mean those, those kids are super successful there and uh, you know it just it gave me a platform to celebrate success and do a lot of things that uh you know, uh, colleges and professional teams get to do. So uh, that's kind of how I ended up here. I, I just knew at some point I wanted to be uh, inside a successful program uh, and, and helping build that greatness as opposed to uh, maybe celebrating the greatness from uh, the outside. So I, I got that great opportunity up here at Oklahoma State and actually uh, – Bruce Waterfield, our athletics photographer, outstanding dude, great, great uh, artist and craftsman. Um, he, uh, he he's from Canadian, and and so I, I give him a lot of credit for getting me hired here because he bounced for me. and was like, I don't know about this guy. He doesn't have a lot of experience in this field. And he's like, No, nah, he's good. I promise. And uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully, I've lived up to those expectations for Bruce but uh yeah it's it's been great I've, I've loved my time here in Stillwater and uh love the people very reminiscent of home uh lo love the co college town atmosphere uh it's been it's been really cool uh really appreciative of of the fans particularly because it's it's been fun interacting with them on uh social media and on game day and and, and all that everyone's been really uh receptive warm and welcoming so I'm really curious. Obviously, we see a lot of the work that you do posted on social media. The, the coaches seem to have a, a graphic or a GIF or a video to post every day during this uh, social distancing quarantine. Um, but I really want to talk about recruiting because that's where I don't think we realize how much the graphic work is used. I mean, you guys, OSU is sending things in the mail to recruits like every day, it seems like. They're just getting piles of things. Um, some of it obviously is, is sent to the mail. Um, some of it is is graphics that they're sent to use themselves or tweeted at them or DM to them. Kind of walk me through some of the the process of, of coming up with and, and designing the graphics to try and, and entice recruits. Well, it, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's got a different personality and likes a different, uh, you know, parts of life and hobbies and, and all that. So, I mean, honestly, what it comes down to is it still comes down to those relationships and those coaches uh, 
getting to know the kids and, and having that personal relationship with them and, you know, being able to tell us, you know, man, this, this guy, he, he's really good at call of duty. He loves playing call of duty all the time. So, you know, let's, uh, let, let's get him something that celebrates him as a person. Uh, you know, that's, that's the important thing I think in, uh, recruiting design is, is you still have to have that personal connection, uh, with the players. And then on a broader scale, you know, what it allows us to do, and especially what it's allowed us to do during this kind of tumultuous time, you know, we can't have, uh, uh, I think a big recruiting pitch at Oklahoma State is are things like our facilities and, like I said, the people and fans. And we can't have that right now uh, due to this pandemic. So, uh, a, a big piece of uh, design is kind of helping that player visualize themselves here. Um, so it, it's given us the opportunity to showcase some of, of our facilities. And again, I got to credit. Uh, Keith Vessels with that. He's done an awesome job with some uh, uh, video work of, of showing off our facilities. And, uh, but as far as we go, you know, we, we can put them in that uniform. We can put them on the field. We, you know, we can, as designers, uh, we can kind of make this uh, dream reality, something that they can physically see because we can talk about it all day. But, you know, in the end, this is what you look like in the uniform. And this is what you look like catching a touchdown in, at Boone Pickens Stadium. And so, uh, you know, those are the two biggest things are, are, I think, in design are maintaining that relationship. It all comes back to that, that personal relationship. Um, and then just helping that player visualize themselves in Stillwater. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I, I am curious, how much input do the coaches have in the graphics that get sent out? Depends. Um, and that's, you know, great. Again, uh, you know, we don't interact directly with the recruits. So we're wholly dependent on our coaches and analysts and, and those guys at recruiting team to kind of get us that information. Uh, and, and so uh, a lot of the times, you know, coaches input is, is great. And, you know, we, we desire that uh, a whole bunch. Um, just because that, that is our connection to the player. Um, so it, it really just depends, you know, sometimes if it's like a custom, you know, we, we know what we're going after. And so they can have a lot of input. And then sometimes it's, you know, let, let those insane designers just, you know, come up with whatever Tiger King graphic they can <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just let them run with it. So it's really, it's, it's a nice, uh, uh, balance. And I think for the most part, uh, our coaches have been really uh, good. The, the coaching staff has been great at just, uh, you know, trusting us that, that we know what, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, they got enough on their, their plate. So if we can take something off, you know, we, we want to do that. Uh, is there any, ever been anything that you tried to get through that the coaching staff or was just like, no, nah, no. <laughs> yes and, and i'm i'm <laughs> this i don't know how i don't know if i'm supposed to say any of this not, but so like the first week i was here i'm trying maybe as the first month because uh i i got here uh, almost exactly a year ago and uh this wasn't recruiting uh specifically but it was uh uh father's day 
and I will, I don't know if you remember the graphic, I will send you the graphic. Okay. Um, because it's still, and I might get in trouble and I don't, I don't know, but this, the story itself was just funny enough to me. So we wanted the Father's Day graphic I got here. Um, you know, I'm notorious. I, I want to push boundaries. I've always said uh, to our, you know, Kevin Clintworth probably just shakes his head at me sometimes because I've always said it's like my job to push the line and toe the edge. And I want, you know, uh, Kevin and Chris and whoever to like, you know, grab me by the shirt tail and pull me back before I just go leaping off. Um, that, that's how I've kind of felt like this relationship works at times. So anyways, Father's Day, they want a Father's Day graphic. I said, great. So I went and I like made a little composite of Pistol Pete and he's holding the hand of, there was a naming contest going on in the West End Zone, but Baby Pete essentially, which was just a miniaturized version of Pete and I just like, you know, shaved his beard. <laughs> and I don't, Pete's really nothing without his beard and mustache. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to send it, and and it's it's a little creepy, <laughs> but it was funny to me. But uh, you know, we 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 actually that one got sent out, and then we got a, a cease and desist <laughs> from somewhere higher up in the university. <laughs> so don't don't shave Pete. <laughs> so um, that that one got through, but there's been plenty that. Um, have not uh, been approved. There was a great one for uh, uh, Bedlam this year. And, uh, you know, right about that time uh, was when that little viral video came out of the uh, Oklahoma mascot just eating it on the scooter. <laughs> and so I had to go, and there's, there is a graphic somewhere out there of Pistol P and one of the uh, Oklahoma horses uh, riding scooters and, and Pete's, you know, he's doing marvelously and the uh, Oklahoma mascot just is, is struggling. He's struggling with the scooters. So it, that one didn't get approved, but I, you know, still pretty funny. There's, there's <laughs> definitely some out there that, uh, that I've done that, that people are like, did, did you even expect this to get through? And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> but if you let me, then, uh, I think people would have enjoyed it. I vaguely remember growing up Pete and junior Pete. Like, I, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing it again, but I vaguely recall that one as like, a, oh, well, that's fun. When I got here, because it was, again, it was really early. And so, of course, I thought too, when, I, when we got like the don't ever do that again, I mean, I was just terrified for my job. I was like, I'm, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, it was fine, whatever. But uh, so I was at the time terrified for my job, but it got funnier as it progressed. But I got here with, uh, uh, you know, Forrest Buckner was here before me. He went on to LSU uh, this summer, but he was just, I was chuckling at my desk and uh, he, uh, he couldn't help himself. He finally came over to look at the graphic and just, I, I think he had a panic attack. I, I think, I think he'd like, I, he ran out of the office <laughs> looking at the graphic. He just, he hated it so much because it was just that kind of, that uh, uncanny valley <laughs> aspect to it. So what I ended up doing was I actually uh, blew up <laughs> the graphic into this like 24 inch by 36 inch poster 
had it framed and everything. And I uh, took down his whiteboard directly across from his desk and hung it up before he got in the office <laughs> one day. And uh, it just, it stared at him for the rest of the summer uh, before, before he ended up leaving. It, it's still in the office. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. At some point I'm waiting for someone to walk in and say, you have to take that <laughs> thing now. But uh, it, it, it lives on. It's good. That's good. Um, so I assume then that you were involved with the, the signing day graphics that go out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, at that time, uh, in, in the December, the early signing period, which is where we're getting most of the, the recruits these days, mm-hmm. most of the signings come in December. Um, that was right on the front end of Olivia arriving. So, uh, I actually spent like 80% of the season just as the loan designer in what, uh, you know, is, has been historically a two person job. So, uh, thankfully Olivia showed up and started taking some of that burden off. But at that point, uh, you you know, I, I, I was the one, uh, aware of the recruits and our kind of design standards and branding guidelines and all that stuff. So, uh, as far as the graphics go for signing day, that was uh, me this year with uh, Heath Lynn in a hand uh, with great video and uh, adding some motion to those. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that was me this year. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm always curious what goes into the thought process because that's become such a, like a thing to talk about now during signing day, as much as who's mm-hmm. getting signed is who's got the coolest signing day graphics, like who's got the best video, like, like a full credit to Oklahoma, obviously they have a very big budget to spend on that. They they put some time and energy into the videos and the stuff that they do for those. Um, and a lot of a lot of schools really are trying to up their signing day game of of really trying to crank out some really cool stuff that gets them talked about. It's just another opportunity to to have your program, you know, be talked about outside of just like who are you signing? Especially for schools, if you you know if you if you don't have a top five class, if you're signing the fifteenth, twentieth class, you know, ranked class in the country, you know people aren't talking about you out that much outside of yourself. So Nash, a good way to get some, some national recognition is if your signing day graphics are cool. I'm really curious if you, if you could had, had a full team and could do any style of signing day graphics, what, what would you, what would you come up with? You know, it's tough. And, you know, part of that too is uh, so, I mean, this, this year's look was derived from uh, the recruiting hashtag orange vision. So the, the idea was very much to, uh, punch orange um kind of take out as many other color we ended up going with orange and gray uh just to to really accentuate the orange uh and and we took those elements and and put them in kind of various uh uh, depths of field so again just playing around with that kind of orange vision and because we were kind of uh uh short staffed at that point with really just heath and and i doing um you know, 99% of that work, um, you know, we just, we had to kind of keep it simple. And and, unfortunately in in terms of that, I still think it came out spectacularly uh, and and looked good and and rivaled anybody else's. It just, it wasn't necessarily one of those super out there uh, processes. So to answer your question, it it kind of depends on what our uh, recruiting slogan is for that year. You know, we got goat season this year. Uh, that kind of lends itself to, uh, you know, some, some really cool factors. I lend myself to humor a lot, um, as we just kind of talked about, 
you know, Baylor caught my eye last year. I, it was just weird and eccentric, and I didn't get it, but it was entertaining and hilarious, and I went and I watched every single one of their recruit signing videos of puppets <laughs> doing everything from held, holding press conferences to I think one of my favorite two were like uh, you're lifting weights <laughs> or driving one of those little, uh, uh, you know, kid – uh, go-kart vehicles <laughs> it, it was just weird it didn't it didn't make any sense but you know it, it caught your attention so you know it, it just depends uh, I, I you know I probably lend myself to humor so you know if they let me I don't know running of the goats that'd be fun <laughs> just having like tons of goats everywhere just actual physical goats um, you know, but again, everyone kind of wants something different. So, yeah, that might not lend itself to the cool, but uh, it would probably be eye-catching anyways that uh, there, would just, there would just be goats everywhere. So Oklahoma State, uh, and, and you can speak to this, <clears throat> has really started to develop a reputation for having a really, really good graphics program, and especially for a school who doesn't have the budget of some of the bigger ones. Um, really cranking out some really quality graphics and video work where you're compared to schools like Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama, who have far bigger budgets. Because I mean, a lot of this goes into part of the recruiting budget, part of promotion budget, and OSU just doesn't have what everyone else does. So it seems like they've done a really good job of bringing in some very talented individuals. What What is your feeling or what have you kind of seen and heard as far as where OSU kind of ranks nationally uh, among power, uh, well, really all schools? Uh, and then just kind of like, what, what can you say about the team you guys have there at Oklahoma State now? That's a, that's a great question. And I don't, I'm going to, I don't want to pump myself up in this, uh, but I'm, I'm super proud uh, to be associated with Oklahoma State design. Uh, when I got here, when I was applying, uh, there there was a tremendous amount of pressure uh, within myself to uphold a standard that was set here at Oklahoma State, starting with uh, Joe Johnson, who's now at South Carolina, uh, and then Forrest, who's now at LSU, and uh, Drew Slosher, who's now at A&M. You know, uh, those guys set an incredible uh, standard here. And so there was, there was this tremendous amount of pressure to uh, continue to uphold uh, that standard. Um, and, and so with that, I mean, I think that speaks for itself when, uh, you know, you got these guys going on to uh, bigger roles at bigger schools. Uh, there is definitely a large creative talent cache here. Um, and I think other schools will recognize that, um, they, they certainly, uh, come calling and, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's been referenced to me that you have, I mean, what are y'all, what are y'all drinking down there? What you got in the water? Cause you guys are just producing, uh, talent. And I'm, again, I'm just going to really credit particularly Chris Deal on this because uh, he, he had, not only does he have an eye for talent, but he's been willing to uh, kind of go out on a limb for some of these hires. And I, I think I'm, I'm one of those limbs because I just didn't have the 
um, you know, experience that you would typically look for in a, a uh, power five recruiting designer. Um, but he, uh, uh, I mean, I'm hopeful, I guess he, he saw the, the talent and the, the drive somewhere in there and was willing to kind of let me uh, learn the ropes otherwise. And, uh, you know, I'm not the only one he's done that with. And I, I think it's just really paid off. Um, so I, I think a lot of that credit's going to have to go to, uh, to Chris Deal for uh, scout identifying and, and bringing the talent to Stillwater. Because, again, none of us were actually uh, originally from Stillwater. We, we've been from all over. Peyton, man, I appreciate your time today. This has been a lot of fun. I look forward to getting the Big Pete and Baby Pete picture from you uh, so that we can include that in the post when we get this up on the site. Uh, For everybody who wants to continue to check out the work you do for Oklahoma State, where can they do so? uh, Let's see here. So um, I'm all over social media, and you just have to look up my my name, Peyton Offill, P-E-Y-T-O-N-A-U-F-I-L-L. So Twitter, Instagram. Uh, our big ones. I have a Behance page. Same thing. You can uh, you can actually look that up. It's it's on my profile, so you can link right up there. So if you want kind of an in depth uh, look at some of past recruiting graphics and uh, facility updates and just kind of the thought process that goes behind them, you know, we try to keep that updated. So uh, we're we're posting regularly. So if you're following Cowboy football on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you're seeing the work and hopefully you're enjoying it as much as we are making it.